indeed, we are back, Jeremy. One could call it a comeback, but but you know we never left. One should not, because we have not left. We left. We did not leave. We momentarily stepped out, and now we're back. We we took a pause, a quick pause. Yes. Well, mm. there we are. Mm. 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 Hey, JT, how are you, buddy? <laughs> I am. Good. I'm so happy to be doing this again. Like, so happy to be doing this again. Uh, I didn't, like, it wasn't intentional. Like, we really didn't mean to step out for as long as we did, but it was like my vacation, and then you had a thing, and then a thing, and a thing, and, you know, whatever. Here we are. But we're back, and and that's all that matters. And uh, this is already the happiest day of the week. So, <laughs> it most certainly here is. Here we go. Well, to reorient everybody, welcome back to the Lo-Fi Top 5. I hope that you've missed us half as much as we've missed you. To remind you, if you're new to the podcast, just to like reorient everybody, uh, I am JT, and Clueless is one of the best movies ever made. Hey, y'all. I'm Jeremy, and he's wrong because obviously Breakfast Club was one of the best movies ever made. And if you don't understand the difference between those two things, you're in the wrong podcast. But maybe (laughs) you can hang out and find out if you want to stay anyway. The good news is we have what I think is a very fun episode this week. Uh, We've never had this much time to come up with stuff on an episode, which means undoubtedly it's going to be the best or the worst (laughs) we've ever done. (laughs) Uh, You know, I given... Given that we're not talking about airports, mm. I don't think we have to worry about hitting the bottom anymore. Oh, but BWI is so much fun to talk about. Speaking of, of airports and things, bad transition. Uh, so we are talking about, this is the Murica episode. Murica. And I can think of nothing more Murica than releasing this three weeks after we said we were going to because we do what we want. Uh, we didn't say we were going to do it. Uh, this is exactly the time when we wanted to do it. We never said such a thing, of course. Uh, this is just happening when we choose for it to happen. And that is the most American thing I can possibly think of. <laughs> so, JT, how, first of all, I, want, I think we should fess up, like, how much of your research work, et cetera, on this episode happened in those, like, six days we were prior to when we were going to originally record versus, like, in the last six days? I would say 40-60. Okay. Because okay. but for for I don't remember if I brought it up in the podcast, but I was on vacation. And so my plan was to like record on vacay with a bunch of my boys. And it was going to be like, a we'll wing it and probably just it'll be fun and whatever. Right. And so I had like a loose list of like, talk about these movies and research them on the fly. And then as time went on and I was like, oh, we're going to record this. I went back and looked at said list and went, you've done nothing. <laughs> <laughs> my balance is a little different. I'm about 90-10. I was really ready to go that week. Uh, though I did, as I discovered very late in the process, I had not put down quite as many notes as I thought I had. So I'm very glad I did the quick refresher earlier to make sure I was really as ready as I thought I was. And, uh, and now I'm fully ready. Good. Well, one thing that I will say just to prepare you, um, this list took like a weird turn for me in some ways in the sense of like how I wound up defining what a Murica movie really was for me. Like at first I was like, this is a very clear path. And then as I thought about it more, I was like, oh, but there's like some other things here that I might want to explore. So just uh, schizophrenia, how many of you got it? This is going to be like a weird, weird list for sure. I I know where you're going with that. And I'm going to just say probably a little same, same. I have a list of things that I was using as sort of my rubric, but they're all over the place. 
another question before we dive into our actual list, how my candidate list here, my, my body of work to choose from is, uh, I'm eyeballing this at somewhere in the fifties okay. of movies. How about you? So my initial list started in the neighborhood of 30 something, I think like 34 or okay. something like that. And then very quickly got buttoned down to like 12 or 13. Yeah, I went from that 50 to about 18 to about 15 to a begrudging final <laughs> Shawshank, which I do have one for the week, a top five and my pawn. Okay. Uh, but I'm very excited to talk through these. And I, again, like so many of other episodes, if I put in a different set of five, I think I'd be pretty excited for those two. Uh, once again, I made an effort to try. I think I'm successful. I think I'm 10 for 10 at not being in. Oh, no, I got one in here that's made it somewhere before. But all the rest were, were were new for me. Yeah, I think all of them are new for me with one exception. And then there's one that's like kind of new, but has been around, but not in the exact vein that it is this time. So we'll, we'll see. But since you mentioned it, uh, so you do have a Shawshank. So for those of you who are new or just as a reminder, since we've been gone for a couple of weeks, the Shawshank is uh, Shawshank being the most rewatchable movie of all time. Shawshank is the sort of penultimate like, nope. Nope, we're not going to do it, Jeff. We're not going to do wait, it. Wait, wait, it's it's the which one? It's the second ultimate. <laughs> it's the almost ultimate, or maybe we just call it the ultimate, uh, sort of category definer. So you have a Shawshank this week. I do as well. Do you want to five-word your Shawshank, or do you just want to throw it out there? Five-word it. All right, you go first. Yeah, and uh, I have a theme for my top fives, so my, my five words. So uh, again, since we know we have some new listeners this week, uh, we 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 play a little game here where we where we try to give each other clues to guess the movie. Not too obvious, but not too vague either. And they come in a five word format. So this Shawshank entry was from 1994. Okay. And the five words I have are presidents, war, love, running, shrimp. Okay, so this is actually in my pong. Uh, this is Forrest Gump. Correct. Yeah, okay. Uh, I accept. Yeah, so the reason Forrest Gump didn't make my top five is because I didn't want to talk about it. And it didn't feel like a Shawshank to me, but I 100% understand why it would be. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, again, I actually don't want to really talk about it. But to me, it, it's, I mean, look, it's 40 years of America in, in so many ways told through actual history that I think, you know, if you wanted to say, hey, stranger, you want to get it up to speed on the latter half of the 20th century, USA, 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 watch this movie. Yeah, I like it. All right. What were your five words for the pun? Uh, favorite Frank Ocean song. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Caribbean Queen. Yeah. Uh, okay. So mine came out in 2004. And I'm going to give you four words. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Oh, Team America, World <laughs> Police? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I thought about it the whole time. Here's the crazy thing. It didn't even make my pong at the end of the day. As as fun as the movie it was, I actually didn't love it enough to want to really make it there for me. But it, too, is certainly a, here's America for you. Well, because this is like, we didn't say American nostalgia. We didn't say, like, you know, moment in time. We said America. Like, to me, right, right, right. even though this movie is clearly completely satirical and crazy, and by the way, if you want to put a list of, this would be a fun list, actually. Top five movies you couldn't make today. Holy contender, Batman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I'm up for that list. That's a good one. We'll put that in the uh, 
We'll put that in the notes. Uh, so I think, again, I say think, I have no idea, but you went first. You go first. I think you go first. I go first. Yay. I don't have any order. I have no order this week. They're just, I, I just put them down in a way. So there's no precedence. 1998. Okay. Starring Stars include Owen Wilson and Steve Buscemi. Okay. Five words for you are explosions, nukes, ATVs, Russians, freedom. 1998. Um, when did Apollo 13 come out? That was... 96, I want to say. 97. All right. 95, maybe even. Oh, this is good. 1998 with Owen Wilson, you said? Mm-hmm. All right, so Owen Wilson in 1998. This is early him. This is not... Remember, he's not a lead. The cast here is ridiculous. So I had a lot to work with here. Yeah, I feel like this has come up before. Oh, I don't know. I honestly am not... It's it's not Armageddon, even though... Is it Armageddon? Yeah, it's Armageddon, buddy. See, this... It's got explosions. Sure. The theme is nukes. They drive ATVs on on the asteroid... There's the Russian uh, cosmonaut guy, and the Freedom is the name of the spaceship. And Armageddon, th- this is the don't train astronauts to be people, just send, right? That's this movie? Hey, 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 I don't want you to think about that too hard. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and by the, by the way, I'm just quoting Michael Bay, the director of the film. Right. That's an actual poll quote. Hey, 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 don't think about that part. That, that's a true thing, by the way. He was interviewed and asked that question, and he's like, yep, but that's okay. That's yeah. our movie. That's yeah, what we're yeah. going with. I love it. All right, go on. Uh, well, I think this is such a fun, you know, again, we're just having a fun time with America as a theme here. And, like, what's a more American thing to do? Be like, we see this thing in the sky. Well, let's just blow it up. Like, that's, you know, that, we're shooting at hurricanes in this country. So we're definitely <laughs> blowing some asteroids up in outer space because... <laughs> We can. Yeah. We can do it. And I like that about it. I do think it has just a really, like the music they choose, like leaving on the jet plane, like all the, all the soundtracks, great. The Aerosmith songs, great. Uh, this is some, you don't like that song? Is this a thing? No, I was, remember age wise. So this came out, you said 96 or 98? 98. So okay. you're 15, 16, 13. I'm 13. So every middle school, every dance was the and the telephone uh, is the thing. It was just brutal. Brutal. Uh, mine was that Phil Collins um, song from Against All Odds. That was Take a Look at Me Now. Uh, uh, take a look at yeah, me yeah. now. <laughs> and then the drum part. Oh. <laughs> but um, I definitely went to a middle school dance and and danced to uh take a look at me now okay sure. so i think this movie just, it just again if, if we're having fun with the category it's like america to the extreme like everything about like like what you're saying the whole central conceit of the movie that makes no sense that only in america would you have would you ever even think to have drillers from some oil rig who are a bunch of misfits right like yeah. they're not like you know you're not you're not like we have found the top five like our mensa talent this person has 17 PhDs and we've, you know, we're, we're not as they, as Matt Damon once said, sciencing the poop out of this, you know, <laughs> right? like we're, we're like, I don't know what you got. I got a bunch of guys with drills. I got a spaceship and I got some nukes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah go. 
Yeah. Can we get some ATVs? Is there a way to get a jet ski? The only thing this movie's missing is a jet ski. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm, 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 I am Armageddon it. Okay. Also, wait, one more thing. I forgot to, I had this in my notes. The fact that they take a shot at the movie Godzilla in their opening sequence, I don't know if you know that, but there's a scene where there's a Godzilla toy and gets crushed by a meteor. That is actually a pun because the Godzilla movie with Matthew Broderick came out in the same year. And that was their little subtle, you know, we're going to knock you down kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so, and it's done with a rock. I don't know if that's a deliberate Michael Bayism or not. <laughs> And we've talked about the Bayhem thing before. He does it to perfection in this movie. Oh, yeah. Lots of Bayhem in this movie. Like, I have a hard time diff- deciding of what is the peak Michael Bay movie. It, it is either this or The Rock. Oh, it's The Rock. It has to be The Rock. You're probably right. But anyhow, Armageddon makes my cut for... Like, it's taking that, that cheap shot at Godzilla. Is Again, it's just such a wee thing to do. Yeah. You know. Now, listen, I think it's it's a it's a totally reasonable entry. This is a movie that just for some reason I can never get my head around liking. Um, but let's Armageddon on with it and I'll go next. But sorry, before you go, did 13-year-old JT love the movie? Hated it. Because really, yeah. I would have thought this would have been like, oh my goodness, Hated kind it. of movie. Hated it. Huh. Yeah, it okay. was it was the like honestly, it was the love story part of it for me. Like I just wanted more boy stuff. Like in the fact that there was this underlying like relationship nonsense that I had to deal with and then add that to the, to the song. And then anybody, this, this movie and city of angels are movies that would have been better for me had the song that is immediately thought of with it didn't exist. Iris. Right. Like between Iris and don't want to miss a thing like those two, especially as a music kid and as somebody who like worked around music for a long, forget it, bro. Like these are movies ruined, ruined. Yeah. I hear it. All right, where are we going next? All right, I'm going to start in your wheelhouse. Uh, June 29th, 1988. Okay. I'm going to give you Cuba Gooding Jr. and Madge Sinclair. I, I know the movie already. Okay. Do you want Do you want because my five words? I sure do, and then I'll, I'll repeat mine, but go for it. Uh, what is that, Velvet? Nice. <laughs> I've got immigrants, burgers, slums, barbershops, basketball. I, I really like the theme that you took with your five words this week. This is fun. Like you're doing it like I think the way we originally thought of it and instead of like what we're doing now, but I'm, I like it. I like it a lot. I'm having fun with it. No, I, I like our stick. I like it. That was a great pick. It's coming to America. T- take it away, JT. So here's what wound up happening. And you'll see a little bit of this throughout my list. Mo- I tried to push, push most of it into Pong, but- what was funny is when I first thought of it, I went Team America style, right? I was just like explosiony, crazy America, like heat, <laughs> like like just what's the most guns and stuff I can find. And the more I actually thought about it, the more I was like, oh, you know what? Like what really makes me think of, of America is like the experience of America and seeing how people truly exist in America and all that stuff. And so I wound up getting like oddly sentimental about it, which definitely wasn't my intention. Uh, but coming to America is kind of, I don't know, like I think it's, aside from being hilarious, which it just is, um, and quotable, it's also like a really interesting perspective of like dropping someone who wasn't in the American culture and like from a completely different culture, I think it's kind of a good timepiece. Like you'd be like, no, this is kind of what it was like. Like if you just drop somebody from the middle of anywhere else into like late 1980s America, they all the things that he is experiencing, all the funny quotes and little moments are like 
whoa, this place is absolutely nuts. <laughs> absolutely. I, I agree with all that. And in my notes, basically what you said, plus I did like that it's this, um, the fish out of water stories happening. And so you get that lens of looking at America. Yeah. And then I also like that it's set in, I apologize if I get this wrong. It's in Queens, right? Not Brooklyn. Yes. It's in Queens, right? Yeah. Not a lot of movies at this point are really telling stories from neighborhoods like that, right? You're a year away from do the right thing. Yep. Um, and I think, you know, you, you've, you, I know we both listened to uh, the, the, the rewatchables take on this, on this movie, which again, for me, this is, I'm 15. I'm seeing this in the theaters. It's Eddie Murphy, who is the funniest man on the planet in 1988 mm-hmm. can do no wrong. Arsenio Hall is an up and coming, you know, comic about to get his talk show. And this movie drops. It's the first time it's the all black casts, etc. And it was easy to get into that world, despite being a very foreign world for me in, in a lot of ways. And, and I really like that it, that, that it's showing just, just like a different slant than, you know, um, a high school in Ohio. Sure. <laughs> Which tends to make a lot of these kind of lists. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So yeah. on the heels of that, I want to ask you a question. Because you just mentioned it. So 1980s Eddie Murphy is is unmatched. Like that that time period of Eddie Murphy, can you think of a better time for anyone ever? <laughs> like, let's do Hollywood. Let's not make it too esoteric. But can you think of a better time? Like, give it a window, maybe like a four to six year window where anybody can touch what Eddie Murphy did in that time frame. Uh, actually, my answer is absolutely. I, I think, I think... It's distinct from Eddie's background and being the first black comic to really actually make that kind of like you'd say like it's Sidney Poitier on the dramatic acting side. And then it's nobody until Eddie. Right. There's no vehicles for a black comic. And Richard Pryor didn't didn't get it. Right. He was too controversial. He was too out there, um, et cetera. So when I think about like mid 90s, Tom Hanks, he's got the same like he is owning cinema. Per our uh, podcast a few episodes ago, Julia Roberts in the early 90s mm. also is just sort of a dominant force in in, in movie making. Um, and I think if, if you were to really put that, I mean, it's, this could be its own topic. Like, could you know, who had a who, best four or five year runs? But that said, like Eddie's was a, was possibly different because I, I actually I'm going to have a draw to Tom Hanks because Tom Hanks came out of like. You, you know, this is like Bosom Buddies and all, and Splash. Like, you want, you go watch Splash and tell me that that guy's going to win Academy Awards and become basically one of the most celebrated men in Hollywood. You'd be like, nope. Right. Right. <laughs> Not going to happen. Uh, so, you know, maybe Eddie's transfer, maybe those two are probably the peak transformative kind of things. I'd almost throw in a nod to both The Rock and Schwarzenegger in a way. So The Rock, I think, is an interesting because the thing with Murphy is it was a rocket ship, right? Like he, I mean, yeah. he, and he, like forgetting the fact that he was a comedian, which he was, and he also changed the way comedy worked forever. Um, but I just think about that stretch where he just like, I mean, any he was making good movies bad and bad movies good. Like he's just doing anything he felt like doing, and it was like he basically had an absolute blank check. And I think Hanks like is an interesting argument, but it took him longer. Like he had to get the Gump Philadelphia run in him, and like that then kind of set him on this little journey. Uh, Hanks had done did much more with it <laughs> than Eddie did, right? Because Hanks never made Doctor Doolittle three and Daddy Daycare, uh, so you know, good on Hanks. 
Um, but I'm like very with with coming to America two coming or coming. Yeah, was it back to America? I forget what. It, th- I think they didn't call it coming back to America, which made me mad. Um, but that's what they should have called. That's it. what they should have called it. Like now, now you yeah. see me. Now you don't. Like the huge yeah. miss on titling a movie there. Uh, but uh, yeah, Eddie Murphy is just the best. But yeah, I think coming to America, I'm going to stay in mind. I like I like coming to America. It's a great movie. I guess it has a 47 on Metacritic, which is trash. Yeah, that's that's why we had to do our Metacritic episode. That's right. Okay, let's stay in the 80s. 1985. Okay. Cast includes James Brown and Talia Shire. That's not helping. I have a guess just based on the year, but I don't know yet. Okay, here we go. Flags, Vegas, Russians, (laughs) Revenge, Mountains. If he dies, he dies. That's the one. Yep. Rocky (laughs) Four. Yep. (laughs) There was a moment where Rocky Four was my Shawshank for this category, and I was going to do like a mic drop. Like, it's just Rocky Four. That's it. We don't even have to do a whole episode. It's, you know, and then I was like, well, maybe it's Rocky Four, and and there's another one which actually ended up falling all the way out of my list. But like, Rocky Four, the first 10 minutes are basically the most radical celebration of America in possibly not intentional comedy, kind of like not ironic, not everything. It's like Apollo Creed is wearing the US flag. He's like, <laughs> I, I don't remember exactly what the thing he comes out on, but basically might as well have flown in on an eagle like Frodo or something. <laughs> right. You know, or like have a bald eagle on his shoulder. Like, and everything about that was, I mean, the song coming to America, um, living in America. Living in America. I loved that song. It's a good song. And for, for me personally, 85 is the year I moved to the States. Oh, wow. Okay. So I remember seeing this movie in the States with my cousin. Uh, I think like back, it was not necessarily back to back, but near same time frame as aliens. So like these kind of movies are coming out around now. And you know, this whole opening sequence, you're like, what is going on here? Like what? what? I've never been to Vegas, you know, and actually I ended up going to Vegas like the next year and going to circus circus. Cause again, eighties Vegas was a very different place. Different place. Can you picture in your head for a second Circus Circus not being awful? No. <laughs> right. It wasn't. Or at least I didn't think so. So when this movie comes out, and then everything about the story is so over the top in so many ways. And I don't mean that as a reference to another piece of Stallone work. Sure. But it works out nicely. Sure did. That's another movie that could be in the list for sure. I forgot over the top. Probably could have been. Probably could have been. Okay. He, you know, the whole fight thing, like his whole training montage that like, you know, you think about the time frame for a second, right? You've got all the other movies around now, like you've got your war games and your weird science and you've got your first hint stories around like maybe technology ain't so good. And so the fact that Drago's training in this like ultra high tech thing, but we're all rooting for Rocky because he like runs up a mountain and, and like lifts a bale of hay. And they're like, because that's true American, but like lifting hay is American. You know, it's like, well, actually having this ultra high tech fitness center would also be pretty darn American. Yeah. Like they could reverse that story in every way. And you'd be like, yeah, because America's leading high tech and leading this and leading that. It would have worked too. Yeah, right. That's funny. It was, 
and it was just so much fun. And then when, I mean, the final scene when like the Russian crowd is chanting Rocky, 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 like, you're like, yeah, because because in America, you can even convert the commies. That's how that's how good we are. That's right. Yeah, which is kind of true. But anyhow, Rocky uh, four. So great pick. And I didn't put it in my top five total gamesmanship because I knew it would either be your Shawshank or be in your list. And I was like, I don't want to lose a turn. <laughs> Very American. Very American. <laughs> yeah. Play the game. Play the game. Uh, okay. My next pick. I'm going to go with this one just because I want to get it first. Cause I think you might have it. 2004. I'll give you. Patricia Clarkson and Noah Emmerich. We love Noah Emmerich here. Patricia Clarkson. Okay, go on. Ooh. I don't have it, so. Okay, good. Top five, or the five words. Who do you play for? I feel I know this. My first, so my first instinct, and again, it's probably just because of because Emmerich. Is, is it uh, Truman Show? No. Okay. Ooh, that would have been interesting, though. Yeah, you know, it has its own... It's funny, because I think every movie we talk about will be like, oh, that could have fit. Yeah, probably. Right? Right. Um, Patricia Clarkson and... Hmm, who do you... I really feel I know this, and it's bugging me. You got me, buddy. What is it? Miracle. Ah! It's down in my... It's down... Yeah. Good choice. Yes. So... Again, there's a Russian theme in our last couple picks. <laughs> but uh, first of all, for those of you that don't know, uh, this is a this is a pro hockey podcast. We are both hockey fans. And we don't talk about it often because, you know, a lot of people aren't. And that's OK. Uh, but when you take the fact that this was a hockey movie, the fact that this is an Olympic movie and the fact that this is one of the greater upsets in the history of modern sports and then you give it to Kurt Russell, yeah, I'm in. I'm all in. <laughs> this movie's amazing. It's I so think it's, good. It, it, it's everything you said. Maybe we should talk more hockey too, but everything you just said is spot on. It's, it's a great pick. I, I just love this. So first of all, this film is like widely, like in doing a little research, it's like widely considered to be one of the most accurate depictions of true events, like including dialogue. Like it actually gets a lot of credit for being pretty on the nose, which is cool. It's also cool because a lot of like most of these guys with very few exceptions were still living when they were making this right. movie. So they had like tons of reference points and they could kind of cross check <laughs> stories and like figure stuff out. Um, the other thing that I liked about this movie personally is that it's a pretty good hockey movie. Like they had 4,000 people audition for the role of the U.S. Olympic hockey team. And like when you watch the, the people skate, these guys skate. Like it's good movement. It's not Mighty Ducks, which there's right. – it got good, but it was bad in the beginning. Like you could tell that, you know, like I, I love Keenan, but like never on skates. Like that was just it was just not a thing. For sure. No, you're, you're totally right. And this is in that era – I would argue that the mid two thousands is when they figured out how to film sports that aren't baseball. Yep. Like baseball is easy to make movies about because you can, you know, there's just not, I love baseball, but there's not much action to coordinate. Right. right? And, and the truth is if you're good at baseball, you can hit a ball to the same spot in a practice scenario as many times as you want. Hockey on the other hand is hard to do. And the fact that they filmed it and, and they like, I, I also have geeked out on this movie. Like, 
they really got the scenes correct. Yeah. 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 And it's so hard to do because it's real scenes. Like the, there, there is actual video evidence of exactly how this stuff went down. So the, the fact that they're so on point is like, so even just the scene that again, 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 uh, when, they're, when they're running, like, you know, when they're doing line sprints, like, dude, that scene is like, they're skating. Like you, those guys are getting after it. Like, and you're seeing that whole, I don't know, man, this movie makes me so excited. Like it makes me want to like, just talking about it makes me want to watch it again. Um, I also think that, you know, the fact that Herb Brooks didn't get to see this movie bums me out. He died during the beginning of Principal Photography, right. which is so sad because I think Kurt Russell did such a great job. The other thing that I just want to say as a hockey fan for a hot second is Jim Craig, dude, like in the history of goalies standing on their head, I have watched this real game an embarrassing amount of times, like <laughs> way too many times, far too many times. And it is, you know... I can't imagine anyone doesn't know the story, but this is like an undefeated, unbeatable Russian team during the Cold War. And Jim Craig is this like kind of like nobody goalie that nobody really believes right. in that Herb Brooks puts on the ice, even though everybody said that he shouldn't. And then I think he he had 36 saves or 35 saves or something like that in that game against the best shooters on the planet. Yeah. So cool, man. This is just such a cool it, story. It's great. And uh, you know Tretiak has a cameo in the movie, right? Yeah. Like, yep. He's in it, so he was the actual Russian goalie for the real game. And you know they also used the real "Do You Believe in Miracles" audio clip because they couldn't recreate it. They couldn't recreate it, so yeah, they had to yeah. like do some audio adjusting to make because because um, Al Michaels came and, and did all the voice work for everything else to fit right. the movie better. But then they couldn't get him; they couldn't make that work, so they had to adjust that clip and the other clip. They had to like tone down the audio, his audio for that entire game to make it match the actual audio of the, it's just so freaking cool. And also like at the end, like if you don't get American by the end of this movie, <laughs> like then we don't want you like, <laughs> like right. This, this audience makes a bit more sense than the Rocky four one. Right. Like, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. Moving on to 1990. Ooh. Okay. Starring. I don't think you've seen this movie. It's just going to go with a hunch on it. Definitely not five-year-old JT, but uh, Kevin Pollack, Armin Mueller-Stahl are my two. If you don't know him, he's a, he's he's a subdued actor. You probably you would recognize him instantly if you don't know him by name. Uh, I don't know him by name. Keep going. All right, uh, it might help. There's a baby Elijah Wood in this movie. Oh, I so. love baby. Oh, Radio Flyer. No. Okay. No. Also, would be a good one. Here we go. Immigrants. Okay. Entrepreneurship. Television. Suburbs, Turkey. Turkey? And Turkey is the gimme clue for anybody of my generation who has seen this movie. They now, if, if, if anybody in the Gen X demo does not know what movie this is, I'm, I'm a little saddened for you. Turkey? Turkey. Like gobble gobble. I could have said Thanksgiving, but Turkey is the better. Could have said Thanksgiving, but Turkey, with baby Elijah Wood, huh? Yeah, you haven't seen this movie. I don't know. I don't know what this is. If I were to say you carved the turkey without me? Nope. Okay. So the movie's called Avalon. Oh, never even heard of it. In a nutshell, it is 19th century America as told through the lens of a Jew an immigrant Jewish family. And they move to New York and they're hustling and they get they open up a TV TV store and then they they're doing well, and the family's prospering with, they move to the suburbs and and there's a great scene about Thanksgiving dinner and carving the turkey. 
And it's a beautifully done story. I'm, I'm spacing really quick because I didn't write all my notes. It's, it's either like Barry Levinson or, or Zemeckis. No, I'm pretty sure it's Levinson. Uh, and it is like Americana and, and the American dream as told through this family. And I think it's really well done. I'll be honest. I love Kevin Pollack. I used to watch him as a stand-up comic in the 80s. Yes. That, that's where he goes back to. So when he hit this movie and then a few years later, as usual suspects, I'm a happy, I, like he's in my, why is he not everybody's household name actor? Uh, or at least, you know, 18 year old me was thinking that. Um, and I've seen it a few times. I haven't seen it a little bit. I want, I'm very curious as to its hold upness. I have a hunch it would, it would be actually a semi-emotional viewing only because that era has become so much further away from the modern era. Like, this is like the American dream when it was still like that really achievable American dream. Anybody can start a thing and put some, put some elbow grease into it and buy themselves a, a nice house for their, raise their family, send the kids to school, all of that kind of stuff. So I would recommend giving Avalon a little watch. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised. So it is Barry Levinson and I know a lot of this class or this cast. I definitely know Armin Mueller-Stahl when I see him. He's great. Um, I agree with Kevin Pollack, man. Kevin Pollack's one of those guys where every time I see him, I'm like, yeah, I like this guy. And then like, just, I don't think about him. Uh, I will watch this. I will definitely watch this. I love stuff like this. There's, there was one or two movies on my list that are similar in vain that didn't make even Pong that I'm not going to say just in case that you have them. Um, but cool. All right. I'm, I'm, yeah, this is exciting. I'm excited to have something on the list I've not seen. I'll put this on my list. Nice. All right, uh, so sort of in the same vein, but not at all. August 21st, <laughs> 2009. Okay. This cast is impossible. Um, Mike Myers and Eli Roth. Uh, and Glorious Bastards. Yeah. 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 So, What's what, your five words? Very creative use of bat. Nice. <laughs> Truth. So, so here's what I had. I'm not going to say the other movies just in case they're on, but I wound up with this sub list of American war stuff, which was like gives you the yeah, America sort of war feel. And in trying to kind of find my way through them, I was like, I probably should pick one of them. And I didn't necessarily know if I wanted to pick the best movie or the one that elicited the most reaction or the most like visceral feel for me and inglorious bastards aside from the fact that i think anybody who listens to the podcast knows that i'm a little bit of a tarantino homer this movie is just really well done the only time i've ever actually talked about this before was to talk about christoph waltz's performance in it but never the movie itself uh because i think we did top five bad guys you kind of rooted for or something like that and i think he was maybe in my pond or something but this movie is just really really intense and it still has that spaghetti western quentin tarantino feel to it which makes you feel like it's okay to like it even though right it's actually like a terrible story like a right like one of the worst stories ever and he manages to bring like some weird sort of like hillbilly western nonsense to it that just feels super duper american to me <laughs> like everything about brad pitt in this is just like so aggressively American and the fact that he's surrounded by a group of American Jews and that they're like, 
it just felt very oddly inclusive in this otherwise really weird movie. And I don't know. I just really decided to pick this one. And the one thing I do want to say, which is a bit of trivia, just in case you didn't like Brad Pitt enough. So this is the only time that he ever had a leading actor for the Weinstein Company or for Miramax. And the only reason he accepted it was because of Tarantino, because the amount of animosity that he and Weinstein had for each other, he physically like went after Weinstein in the 90s for an interaction that Weinstein had with his then girlfriend, Gwyneth Paltrow. And that's just like the most Brad Pitt ever. Like, yeah, dude, like, like we didn't like you enough. Also, you just wouldn't be a lead in any of these films because you hated a guy who turned out to be like a monster. All right. I see you, Brad Pitt. Good job, Brad. Good job. <laughs> nice, nice, nice pick by everybody. I, I think it, I think it's it's a fun one. Um, I, I I think there's if I'm if it didn't make my final five. If I was thinking like I was thinking a little bit about certain war movies and like which ones. There's a different one I think I would have picked over this, uh, but again, in case it's in yours, we'll we'll leave it alone. So I, I'll say now it's not, and and the one that was the hardest one for me to not include was Saving Private Ryan because it's yeah. a better movie. I also feel like, and just to push on you a little bit, like I think it, it's a bit more, you know, look, Inglourious Bastards is sort of the fantasy and St. Private Ryan is sort of the reality. Right. Um, right. Uh, but it also has sort of that, like, we got the brother's story. We got all these, like, you know, American kids off in this crazy war doing doing the best they can kind of thing. So the reason it did, so uh, totally agree. Totally agree. The, the main reason I wound up going with this one instead is because it's the comeuppance. The thing mm. is, is like the reality of Saving Private Ryan is what makes it such a beautiful film and gets out of movie territory. But it's the same thing Tarantino did with Once Upon a Time. Like he he does the exacerbated, unrealistic, but this is what it was. Like he made this horrible event that is like happening in real life and you have to see people, like people perish and people you're rooting for. Yeah. And then in this one, it's just like, nah, man, America, comeuppance, Brad Pitt, cigarettes. It's like, yeah, all right, let's go. <laughs> like, well, that's that's the fun thing about what Tarantino's been doing a lot recently is he's like, you want this guy to lose, so he's gonna lose. You know, <laughs> a lot of the times in movies, you know, you see those scenes early on where someone's been a bully or someone's been this, and you're like, well, as long as that person somewhere later in this movie, like, as long as the O'Doyles fly over the top edge of a cliff, O'Doyle rules. I'm okay. Yeah, <laughs> but if that doesn't happen, I tend to be annoyed with the movie. I, I find that like, if you're gonna set me up with a bully. I really want the bully to have a bully lost, right? Like, yep. Doesn't have to be as far as like the karate kid, but you know, many others like it. Yeah, yeah. No, well said. Okay. <laughs> this might be my most Murica pick. Okay. 2006. Hard cast to not give away. Michael Clark Duncan. Amy Adams. Uh, <laughs> is the Yep, that's the one. <laughs> Talladega Nights, the Regina of Ricky Booby. Cars, Junior, Jesus, Friendships, Sponsorships. Yeah, okay. Yeah, this is such a clever pick, and I'm pretty upset that I didn't think of it. Please continue. Well, for a while, I had Days of Thunder as my pick. Mm-hmm. I was like, I need a NASCAR kind of thing going. I like. In my original notes, by the way, right away is like, find something with fireworks, 
Find something with like really big stuff. Find something with lots of flags and find something with NASCAR. That's how I started my like, where am I going to go looking? I love it. And I was like, NASCAR Days of Thunder, Robbins Racing was was like a 90s staple rewatch. And then I don't know where, I don't know what came into my mind. I'm like, but you know what's even more is Will Ferrell is as, as, as Ricky Bobby. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, it's such a perfectly done comedy to show this side of the world in a way that's like sort of making fun of it, but sort of not like in a, it's like the respectful tease, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Like we're going to play with you, but like in a way that you would laugh too, not like we're not making fun of you. We're sort of making fun with you. Yep. Right. Yeah. And Sa- uh, Sasha Baron Cohen's performance is, I mean, I had no idea what he would be. When you saw this movie, you know, and I had seen him on Ali G and some of his other stuff on, uh, was on MTV? Was that where he had his other, his other shows? HBO. Where was he? HBO. Okay. Right, right, right. It was all on HBO. Yeah. Um, and that, that shows up as, I don't remember the, the French, the French racer. And it's just so good. And Will Ferrell throwing tantrums, getting drunk, like all the things he does. It's so great. So much fun. This is an absolutely brilliant pick. And genuinely sad. I do, um, this is the scene, but extreme is kind of like the way that I've always defined this kind of comedy where it's like, we see you, but it's an extreme version of it, but it's not like, it's not at you, right? Like it it is seen, but extreme. And I I think it was incredibly well done, which you can tell because the NASCAR community like embraces this movie. And like there were people from NASCAR in this movie. So it wasn't, it wasn't so bad, right? That they like went too far. This is a hilariously good pick. This, uh, this is probably going to be the best pick of the week. I'm very impressed right now. <laughs> Shake and bake, buddy. Yeah, I'm the magic man. Uh, all right, next. So I'm going to go with my most ridiculous one just because I thought I was really upset. I thought you were picking it. Also from 2006, I will start with tough, tough cast, but we'll give you uh, Cloris Leachman and Eric Christian Olsen. <laughs> Oh, I'm. I think I will get this if I if I if you're if you're not too decept too de- de- deceptful, deceiving, deceitful, de- too deceitful. I don't know. We'll look it up later. So go on with your five words. Um. All right. So my initial five words. I'll start with this, and then let me see if I can come up with another five. To I'll follow the same thing that you're doing. So my initial five words were: You sleep better with sausage. God, this is really frustrating me because I remember Cloris Leachman being in something yeah. in this time frame. It's a comedy. Oh, yeah. Is it an Apatow movie? Nope. Different group. But it's a group. They do everything together. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, is it a Sandler movie? No, not Sandler. Okay. I'm, I'm bowing out then. Too many guesses. Well, I'll give you... So what if I say Broken Lizard to you? Oh... Wait, is this um, the cops? This uh, tro- super troopers? So not super troopers, but another movie oh, they did that I love. Uh, beer called Beer, beer Fest. Fest. <laughs> yeah, beer Fest yeah. with a boot. Beer Fest is a super fun movie. Yeah. So this movie's hysterical. Uh, the main reason that it's on my list is because when we were going to record this on vacation, I had like jokingly said to my three buddies, who are like basically my brothers, I was like, "Hey, listen, I'm going to give you guys a celebrity shot." And you can each come in and do one of my picks. And they're like, yeah, cool. And so individually, I asked each of them which one they were going to do. And all three of them, Tommy, Gary, and Ryan were like, 
beer fest. <laughs> it's like, you can't nice. all do the same movie. And then I was thinking as shtick, I'm like, it'd be pretty funny if I just let all three of them pick the same movie. <laughs> I love, I think that would have been great. But also this movie is genuinely hilarious. Like it's brilliant. It's absolutely absurd. Cloris Leachman in it is so funny. Will Forte is so good in this. It's the, you know, Jay and Kevin Heffernan, like it's the whole crew. It's super troopers again. But like, right. this is such a hilariously quotable movie. It is oddly very much like, it becomes very weirdly patriotic for USA because it is at the World Beer Championships and they have to do right. the Beer Olympics and it's about training and the perfect beer and Das Boot and all this fun stuff, which is like just, I don't know, it's just a lot of fun. Um, it's a lot of fun. And this movie makes me laugh every time. And it's one of those things where if it's on, I'm 100% watching it, even though it's not good. It's just like, it's a really entertaining movie. One thing I did learn though, which is sad because as many people might, listen, this came out in 2006, like I'm 21. All right. Like, <laughs> like right. this is the right time for me in this movie to be friends. This is, yeah, this is a see it a dozen times with your, with your 27 buddies. If you think that we all didn't have Das Boot, you're wrong. Like all of us, we had the big ones, we had the little ones, we had the medium ones. You had to do the turn. It was a whole thing. But uh, Sprechen Sie Deutsch at all there, my friend? Danke. Okay. So Das Boot uh, does not mean the beer stein. It means the boat. <laughs> it's right. Which makes me laugh. It's just like that's a funny thing that every there's a bunch of – my whole generation is thinks Das Boot means Das Boot because no one told us otherwise and no one will. There's, there's even a movie called das, das Boot, which is actually quite good. Oh, really? Oh, I, I thought you were kidding. No, yeah. There's there's a phenomenal early 80s summary movie with Jorgen Prochnow called Das Boot. It's a little long, but it's like Hunt for Red October level quality. Like like when Hunt for Red October came out, it was compared to Das Boot as a like bit more action, but solid, solid movie. Yeah. You say Das Boot to me, it means one thing and one thing only. It means I'm, I'm getting drunk right. with my friends. <laughs> Do you really have to turn the boot as you drink for it to work? Like, is that a real thing? It's better, yeah. It really does make a difference. Yeah. All right, all right. I've never <laughs> drinking that. Despite spending a year in Germany, I've never actually drunk out of a boot. Yeah, Not listen, one person there had a boot. Well, next time you come to my house, I got three of them. So <laughs> you can pick your size. <laughs> all right. In a similar theme, except not at all, from 1939. Oh, with Claude Rains and Gene Arthur. Okay. Your five words are politicians, corruption, towns, camp, and filibuster. Um, okay. You got to give me a second. I don't have this on my list, but it's Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. It sure is. Great pick. That's a great pick. So I wanted something to represent politics. I actually, as we get to Pong, I got another political entry. I wanted something to represent a different time in America. And, and that was important to me. And actually, it was a toss-up between this and To Kill a Mockingbird. And frankly, I just love Jimmy Stewart so much that it had that I was like, this is my choice. Uh, I even actually, once I got to hear, pondered throwing in a North by Northwest. Ooh. But I realized like it doesn't as much as it's set across America that doesn't have anything about it. Whereas going back to Mr. Smith goes to Washington. 
I think that movie not only holds up, like you could take that storyline and put it into today's headlines. Like you could have a tweet storm doing Mr. Smith goes to Washington. That's plot thread would go exactly the way there's misinformation and propaganda, like, and, and obviously corrupt politicians, like, you know, the guy representing the small town values getting drowned out by the, by the big money kind of thing. Like, Hi, that's that's welcome to America 2021. You know, that's that's still here. Not hasn't changed much. Yeah. Of course, I make the same argument for To Kill a Mockingbird, but that one's changed a little bit. That one's we're a little better. We got we we moved from a, a failing grade to like a C minus. Yeah. But, but this one, you know, we're still still working on that filibuster thing. Anyhow, um, I don't know. If there's much to say about this movie. It's so talked about. It's such a classic. Everybody knows about it. If, if for any reason you haven't seen it, it does hold up. It's been like a decade since my last seeing of it. Um, it's great. And and again, love the Jimmy Stewart. Yeah, I mean, this is a great pick. I know that I know your affinity for this movie, so it doesn't surprise me. I did not have it on my list. I had another old movie on my list that didn't even actually technically make Contender Pong, but it's pretty close. Uh, this is just a great pick. And it's a it's a beautiful film. Like, it's a beautiful film. Thanks, man. Yeah, well done. Uh, back to you. So last last pick for you. Yep. So my last one, we don't have to get too far into it, but um, I couldn't not do this. Uh, so July 3rd, 1996. I'll give you... Oh, that's got to be... From date alone is that Independence Day. You, you darn right it is. <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah, basically, uh, this movie is the extreme version of every like US war movie ever, right? Like the the whole idea, Eddie Izzard has a great bit about how the rest of the world looks at America as though we like strolled into World War II towards the end on a white horse, just like and like saved the day when most of the fighting was done. Um, this is like such a hilarious movie version of that, which is like America has to fix it. Bill Pullman, the president, the speech, the Enola Gay learning we're learning on the podcast um educational podcast at its core clearly uh the entire like welcome to earth scene with will smith when he punches the alien in the face and he's like dragging him and just like the idea that america that scene with the america sending morse code so that nobody can erupt it how to actually kill all the aliens and randy quaid and the flies in and he's an old like it is, it's a lot of like America stuff, right? Oh yeah. Big explosions. There's definitely fireworks. There's a white house that's on fire. There are all the things. It's all the America all the time and aliens, which feels to me like a good portion of the country believes in and probably take this movie as potential like later on fact. So I, I just wanted, it just had a spot. It just 100% had a spot. Oh, there's a full like third of this country that not only thinks this, that there's aliens, but like fully believes like a movie like this is how things will roll. And it's right. like the whole rest of the world and their whatever, whatever isn't going to do a thing. But America will save the, the, the human race from aliens. Like, I'm sure there are a lot of people driving around there, whatever they're driving. Yep. With a lot of flags, a lot of flags, a lot of flags, a lot of flags. Yeah, yeah, Just yeah. a lot. A lot of flags, a lot yeah. of guns, a lot of ammo, and they are ready to save the world from aliens existing. And that to me is some of the most American feeling things I can think of. And there it is. What were your five words for it? Uh, I think so. My five words for it actually were welcome to earth <laughs> because ah, nice. Nice. that scene is just very iconic to me. 
All right, into Pong. Yes, sir. So we'll go speeding through this. We do five more picks, but without a lot of the pitter-patter that we always do. So Coming to America was one of mine. I have since subbed in a new entry because okay. I, I had so much to work with. It was not a challenge. 1984, Harry Dean Stanton and Jennifer Grey, and the five words are Russians, football, militias, freedom, guns. Uh, uh, I have no idea what that is. I would give a sixth word, but I think it's the whole giveaway to the whole darn thing, which is Wolverines. Wolverines? Oh, no. This is Red Dawn. Oh, yeah. This is a movie I've seen once and once only. Mm, and yeah. a long I would time imagine ago. it doesn't hold up. Yeah. yeah All right. right. Uh, I don't. You've taken some of my contenders, so I might only have like two or three of these and I don't have backups ready. So whatever. Uh, August of 2004, I'll give you, you're all right. You're alive. Well, it sounds familiar, but it's, I'm totally blanking. So Garden State. Ah, good one. Good one. Good one. Yeah. Definitely has that, that part of the country down. Yep. Tight. Yeah. Yep. 1997, Woody Harrelson, Anna Hetch, election, war, CIA, media, propaganda. Like the dog? Yes. But it's a great movie and a really good pick that I can't believe I didn't think of. I love that movie. It's a good movie. Oh, well done. Uh, okay, Thanks. let's do uh, August of 1986. Want to see a dead body? Tweens, camping, trains, bullies, dog. Yep. Back to you. I'm, I, I'm that, done. that was in my pong. That was actually in my pong. Oh, was it really? You have all the rest yeah. of mine. You've covered all the rest of mine. Oh, by the way, sorry, everybody. That's Stand By Me. Oh, yeah, Stand By Me. Right. <laughs> uh, okay, then I have two more. I'll go quick. 93, Cole Hauser and Mila Jovovich. Graduation, football, hazing, cruising. All right. Mila Jovovich in 93. That feels too early for her. I don't know what this is. If I just use one word three times of those five words, it might be enough. What were the five words again? Graduation, football, hazing, cruising, all right. All right, all right, all right. Uh, right, so McConaughey, this is Days and Confused? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I was toying between different like reality bites and other like early 90s. We talked about this offline once, and this to me more perfectly represented like small town America, mid-90s kind of living kind of thing. Totally makes sense. Yeah, and then last of these, 1982... Eric Stoltz and Forrest Whitaker, malls, burgers, surfers, football, bikini. 82. Forrest Whitaker in 82. All I can think of now is it wasn't for, is it Forrest Whitaker that has like that really small part as a baby Forrest Whitaker is in Dr. Strangelove, right? Uh, no, that's way too far back. I mean, he's been in everything, but no, you're thinking of James Earl Jones. James Earl Jones. I, yeah, that's... You're um, off by a decade, solid or decade. Two. Uh, I have no idea what this is. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hate it. But if I, yeah, it's, I, I was toying between bikini and Q-tip. Um, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yeah, see, this is this one's not as good for me as Days and Confused is. That's a generational thing, for sure. For for me, they both work. It's an interesting thing. It's like you're my age. They're they're both count. Whereas you, it's like maybe Days and Confused. And then as you said before, like Clueless and into that kind of era of these of these movies. Yeah, for sure. Those, listen, what I, will, I want to give you 
a compliment is now in hearing some of your picks, I'm now thinking of like 10 movies I didn't think of. I 100% should have because I just didn't take the same lens as you, which is problematic. Well, since we're going to take this time to have one new little quick shtick to our thing and see how it goes, uh, segment that I'm labeling on the fly is the Fast Five. Oh, that's great. No one's ever used that term for a thing. Never once. Five Fast. Five Fast? Five Fast. So these are the ones that, that almost made the cut. So for me, they are Wall Street, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, Friday, Bull Durham, and Field of Dreams. So I'm going to do this a little bit on the fly, but um, I would say Mean Girls, uh, Almost Famous, uh, White Men Can't Jump, maybe Eight Mile, actually, for me, Mm -hmm. and then potentially Clueless. Nice. Nice. Yeah. All right. That's a, you know what? That's a good segment. If we don't like it, it's only about 20 seconds of our life. And and if you don't like it, same to you. (laughs) If you don't like it, it's only 20 seconds of your life. You'll get over it. We're going to find out tomorrow. There's like 17 unsubscribes all because of that 20. Like you guys ruined the cast. You ruined the cast boys. Uh, Okay. So now we got to pick one for next week and it's your turn to pick one. It is. So, JT, given that it's the summer, and and we did blockbusters, for those of you who don't know, way back when, and we've actually put it back in the queue to revisit. But I was thinking about, like, how do we channel some summer energy, and what are those summer blockbusters that clearly aren't happening this summer? Nope. But what would we be seeing had this, if, if we were back to 2019 or ahead to, like, 2024, when we're, everything's back to normal-ish, the summer blockbusters in 2024 will have a lot of battle scenes, I predict. Mm. So I want to see the mano y mano, massive charge into other charge. What are the top five battle scenes? So the movies don't have to be the best movies. Okay. So you're welcome to pick a garbage movie with an awesome scene. Um, oh boy. I got a lot of stuff coming through my head already. There's a lot of these. This is going to be a good one. Uh, this is a great pick. Very excited. America. America. Well, uh, I am so happy to be back. Uh, we are so happy to be back. Uh, please do follow us on the Instagrams and on the Twitters. And, uh, you know, if you got any ideas, holler at your boys. But otherwise, we'll see you next week on the Lo-Fi. Living in a